cliffcentral.com. Oh, there we go. We're live. All right. Uh, I know what you did there. You, you, this is your first uh, destructive thing that you've done on the show, James. You're out. So sorry. On your ass. Warning number one. The audience is not impressed with you. What? All right. Go get out of here. <laughs> fix, fix your mistake. Yes, sir. How dare you ruin our good show? He's not, he's not wearing sports paraphernalia. I know. And Ryan always wore the sports paraphernalia. Always. But even uh, completely contrasting brands and colors. But anyway, we will uh, we'll still hear from Ryan in the, in the, in the comment section. Don't you worry. Uh, I was disappointed. The first and only prime I had tasted, I had tasted like sunlight, says Honorable Dipsy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got a lot of things to get to. It's Friday morning. Simpiw is here. Ben is here. And you are here with us. So a couple of things that we wanted to uh, talk about this morning. First of all, Simpiw has done some, in inverted commas, research. Yes. With her terrible, terrible sights she goes to. But she, she swears this is true. She's it's all got, true. It's a good sample size. She's done the homework. I have. And, and what, the, what did they conclude here? This is the important scientific conclusion. Someone got a doctor's degree for this. Yeah. I mean, this was a study that was done in some university. I'll tell you now. Uh, university <laughs> of... <laughs> of... of uh, a small town. Yeah. Of, of, of uh, Geberga. No, no, no. This is like an international thing. So this is researchers from uh, Stanford and the University of of, uh, Maryland say that uh, gossiping is not that bad. And and here's why. Was this research done by women? I, I don't know about that. So usually gossiping is associated with a lot of negativity and it's like very frowned upon. Uh, but they say that the average person spends about one hour a day gossiping. Like that's what people hmm. do in general. And they're saying that that's not necessarily a bad thing if the gossip is uh, true. So if you're not talking lies, then... That's to, the bad. Look, to be fair, to, to I mean, gossip. during the break, Ben and I were gossiping, actually. Hard. Yeah, so. Right. And they say that there can be some social it was, benefits. It was true, though. To gossiping. <laughs> yes, you see. And so look yeah. how good it was for us. We're both very happy, don't you think, Simpiwe? <laughs> so, you know what? We've proven you right. Yeah, you see. And here are some of the benefits of gossiping. <laughs> I wasn't okay? so much happier than I was entertained. <laughs> It creates bonds. You guys yeah, bonded. Certainly we bonded there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? It fosters cooperation amongst people. Mm-hmm. And then it also allows you to kind of associate yourself with the people that you might like or not like. Interesting. Hmm. Right? So those are some of the benefits. And it's not completely negative. All right. It is not a completely negative so thing. So not just like uh, two old hags saying other things about nice women in the town. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But the reason why people also gossip is because it's it helps validate emotions. So if someone's feeling yes. some type of way of a situation, they can offload that with somebody, and then their feelings okay. can be validated when that other person is is listening, you know. And then it just allows people to draw closer to each other. Huh. So that's what I found. Gossiping might not be all that well, bad. I got some gossip. Okay. Uh, ex producer Ryan's in the comments section. Oh, really? As, as, as ex producer Ryan in morning, morning. So there he is. Yeah, interesting. Okay. I, I've, I've got a fundamental question with this. Yes. When did gossip become gossip and it wasn't just conversation? Because the word gossip just sounds like it it's sounds rough. Up, up to no good. Mm. If you're gossiping, who was the first person to gossip? Uh, 
I, I don't know. Even the snake about Adam? Yeah. Was well, that it? Yeah, I it could have so. been. Because that conversation was completely private and there wasn't, wasn't trying to have that conversation with Adam. Because I mean, Eve is like, oh, he's so irritating. Okay, who was the person who's this conversation connoisseur to go, this is conversation, but you are gossiping, madam. <laughs> some judgmental. Some judgmental asshole. Yeah. Someone who said, this is no longer relevant, useful information. This is just plain gossip. Yeah. But you see, gossip is, as Simpira's research shows, and in the case she's pleading makes a lot of sense. Gossip can be useful information. It does allow you. And I know I made a cheap dig at women here, but the reality is like gossip is a great way to figure out what kind of a person you're dealing with mm-hmm. and what kind of people other people are. Yep. Because if you hear a lot of gossip about someone, it's either because they're really important, famous, interesting, or dodgy and, and scary and you need to stay away. But there's information coming. Person mm-hmm. of interest. Right. So person of interest. Um, I think it's also a talent stroke skill that women developed more than men because women had to figure those things out in order to survive. Whereas men, the gossip really isn't as important if you're hunting and killing and all the rest of it. Well, that's just that women have more attention to detail. Correct. And, and that will never be fought. I don't care who you are. Like, that's just it. And, so they, they fixated those things more. And gossip is an information gathering exercise. Mm-hmm. It's just separating the true gossip. Yes. You said the word true mm-hmm. from the bullshit gossip. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know, like we, we're, we're social animals, right? We're always looking for ways to connect. And gossip is a great like mm-hmm. kind of thing. But again, I just want to know, like, who decides if it's gossip? Because if it's true mm-hmm. gossip, to your point, mm-hmm. is it actually gossip? Or, mm-hmm. or, or, are we, or are we just conversing? It's only gossip if it's from the gossip region in France. Otherwise, it's the sparkling conversation, <laughs> says Virus. That's excellent. That's so excellent. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, uh, Arthur says, Gareth, don't take this as racist, but why have you never had an Indian or colored co-presenter? They would bring another side of exclusive. So I don't know if you saw um, Candice Mama like two weeks ago on the show. And I don't know if you know who Canton Pillay, who was on yesterday, was. I think they're going for you need to employ someone full time. Uh, mm. Don't know if that's true. Yeah, well, if Arthur's the kind of guy who's keeping tabs on demographics, well, then come and work in the uh, reporting division here. Might yeah. be useful. There's going to be someone who cares about those numbers, but I don't. Interesting people must come. Uh, by the way, this is this is interesting. Talk about interest. Here's a colored guy we need to talk about. Is Roger Jardine, who's apparently quit the political race for this year, even though we don't talk politics on a Friday. We had him on three weeks ago. Pretty poor showing. Okay. Talked about him a little bit. He's gone. Hmm. He had lots of money behind him. Did something else come up? No, I think he's he taken a gap here. I think he just realized he's like out of his depth. He's a nice guy. He's not a horrible person, but just in politics, he would be eaten alive. You know, he's one of those corporate types who. Ooh. Mm, the boardroom is very different to the political arena. Yeah. That's all I'll say. So I wish him well. Sure. I, I don't think that I, – I applaud any South African. doesn't matter where you come from, how much money you have, what you do. If you're prepared to stand and make a difference, which he was going to do, <clears throat> I applaud you. Just know that it, you're entering the filthiest arena of them all. You talk about That's sport. Silly. The real blood oh. sport in the world is politics. For sure. sure. High stakes. Sure. Lots of money. Uh, ben, you are confusing rumors and gossip. Says Carl. See, I I don't know the difference. Yeah. But aren't rumors started by gossip? Yes, you basically mm. gossip by gossiping. Yes. Rumors give you gossip. Yes, good yes. point. So, mm. 
I'm going to see Jimmy Carr, the comedian, this weekend. Oh, oh very nice. good. Yeah, he's he's very funny. I've seen him on YouTube a couple of times. And do you have to go to Carnival City or no, 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 no? Uh, it's at the that one in Pretoria. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, no, it's not inconvenient Every at all. Every time I saw Jimmy Carr was in Vitbunk. Really? You, we had to you, go out you to went the big to tub. Vit, you went to Vitbunk? Yeah, it was worth it. Wow. He went to Vitbunk? Sure. More surprisingly. Justice. You can't drink the water there. Yeah. Well, that wasn't one of my reasons for going, but thanks. <laughs> well, what did you drink? Prime. <laughs> my God. The water's so bad, you got to drink Prime. No wonder you have those back problems you're always going on about, rabbiting on about your back problems. It was because you drank the water in Vitbunk. Yes, that's a terrible place. Um, Roger had the charisma of a used con. That's very mean. Uh, Ex-producer Ryan even climbing in. You see, now that he's not the producer, he says, uh, I don't think anyone will miss Roger Jardine. Meanwhile, Ryan was like, can I have a photo with you? Um, Ian Megan says, when someone says he's a very good guy, once you get to know him, it actually means he's an asshole, but you'll get used to it. Mm, No, I don't think that's always true. I think there are very nice people, but they're not necessarily the kind of people you want in a fight. But people must also think, like, stop thinking that being nice doesn't mean that you don't know how to stand up for yourself. Like, um, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised that today you were, like had a backbone. No, people always have backbones. It's just I don't need to be rude every other day until yeah. you step on my yeah. foot. And yeah. also and be, then, like, be wary of people who are nice right off the bat. What are their reasons for being nice to you? Wait, what, what does that mean, Ben? I'm nice to you all the time. Yeah, but you're you. Like, that's your personality. You're a nice person. But I think if someone is so incredibly nice to you that they know nothing about you, that could also raise some suspicions. Hmm. Well, um, so someone we just mentioned is, is a very nice person. And Sanela is bearing the side. He says, speaking of Candace Mama, I saw her two weeks ago at the Cape Town Art Fair. She is as real and kind as she is on Cliff Central. Absolutely. See? There we go. Now, there's a there's a nice person. You are a nice person, Simpiwe. I've never seen Simpiwe. The only time she's been mean is when people fall, when people trip on the step or whatever else. Then she can't help laughing, like even now. <laughs> even now. But otherwise, and I don't think that's mean. I just think that that's entertaining. Always. You know, people who fall and slip, I slipped. That kind of thing. Not it's good. the most humbling of things. Remember when, <laughs> M- remember when Mugabe fell on that really big day? <laughs> yes, and there, the there was memes for weeks. <laughs> that, that was, I'm actually going to look at that after the show. Those were some of the funniest <laughs> things I ever saw on the internet. That was funny. <sighs> all right. So listen, uh, dopamine culture. Ben says we're all in it whether we like it or not. <laughs> uh, Simpiwe reckons she might be an exception to the rule here. But what well, is dopamine culture, Ben? So take us through what this is. <laughs> well, Gareth, um, on the research that I've just pulling up the old right. chart on the screen here so I'm sorry if you're not watching the, chart. the visuals here mm-hmm. now Gareth I don't have access to this chart because I have no headphones or access to the show so some people I, I'd so like to got, run you through okay, the chart so we, but, we've got athletics at the top so yes. slow traditional culture for athletics was you played a sport yes mm-hmm. which you always do right and then fast modern culture was that you watched a sport but yes. then dopamine cultures, you gamble on it. So you watch Bang. it, but you also because you, you Yeah, because you want an outcome. Okay. And two screen experiences. Two well. screens, yes. outcomes, high energy. That's the thing, okay. yeah. So in journalism, they go in newspapers. That leads to multimedia. And multimedia leads to clickbait. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So in dopamine culture. Which does clickbait. actually confirm that newspapers are now basically clickbait. Because a lot of that oh, stuff yeah. is. It's like the only oh, way yeah. to go. Because I mean, dopamine thing. You even get these news sites now where you you, you scroll down, you realize like in between huge pieces of, of I mean, there's small amounts of actual writing, 
in between are these big pictures from brands who are paying to be there. Total clickbait. But again, journalism, like if they really want to tell a story, you're going to need two, 3,000 words. Yeah, correct. You'd show me a two, 3,000 word article None. anywhere. No such and thing. And they know that you can't sell that. So therefore, clickbait. So in the old days, uh, in video, the slow traditional culture was film and TV. Yeah, sit then, down for a while. Yeah, you'd actually make a thing of it. You'd go to the movies once. Who does that? Oh, so expensive now. Fast money culture is video, mm-hmm. which is online. And then dopamine culture is like reels of short videos. I'll take it one step further, is that dopamine culture, I know I'm in this game, is that you get content creators, and that's why you have all these reels and short things, because there's also yeah. a huge dopamine hit about creating content like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas in the past, you would have a much higher barrier to entry to make documentaries or yes. feature films, whatever it is. Now you can make a short minute, something, something. Get rid of it with me. And you'd need a, yeah, you'd need a camera crew and you'd need lighting and you'd need a script and you'd need a bunch of people filming animals for three quarters of the year before you could put enough footage together. And you get David Attenborough B-rolls, to all those yeah, kind of yeah, things. Of now you need a smartphone and a half understanding of lighting. And someone who takes their underpants on or off. That's all. <laughs> on and off. That's it. Uh, get ready with me. Yeah, get yeah. ready with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of those. It's bullshit. I do not like these get ready with me things. That's why I you got to have your review videos, Gareth. You got to react to this. Not stuff. a fan. There it's is one lady again. who has captured my heart. Huh? Um, she works at KFC and she literally does these get ready with me as I get to work. And then she's wearing her KFC outfit, but she gets so excited. She'll be like, look at this top. And it's just written KFC. I right have. On. Such admiration for people who make the little things fantastic. Yo, yeah. She's just I'm so happy. You. And I it's like, like oh, when I see her videos, Good. I'm just like, can someone pay her her money? Can they double her check? Because she's just right. so excited to like get to the office. That's a nice. That's like, very special. If I yeah. was a KFC person, I'd plant people like that for making yeah. those things happen. Definitely. And I would give her extra money. Yeah. Sure. For doing that, even sign, if he, sign the NDA. Look, you can get ten grand a month if you can just be the happy KFC person. Yeah, totally related. Yeah, do a better job than old Mama Joy or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. So, all right, here's music. Mm-hmm. In the old days, you'd buy an album. <laughs> Remember that? Mm. Then, in fast modern culture, it's tracks, and now in dopamine culture, it's TikToks. Yes, images view on a gallery wall. Uh, Sanele was just talking about. I think Sanele. Uh, about the Cape Town Art Fair. Mm-hmm. Who goes to those? Who yeah. goes to galleries and museums anymore? No, we now view them on the phone and then dopamine culture, scroll on a phone. 20 images, three seconds. Right. Imagine someone has spent two years perfecting a masterpiece in oil paints and you scroll past it in a second. You and go, Philistine. Nice. Yeah. Not good. And then there are two other things here. Communication, handwritten letters, something I still pride myself on. Then voice, email, memo, I do those too. And then short texts, guess what? I do those as well. So the dopamine culture is short texts. And then in relationships, it used to be… Sorry, guys, on that, short texts or just emojis. Uh, Even better, yeah. I mean… People, you can just actually talk via emojis. Just send someone a smiley face. Aubergine. Get rid of them. Aubergine. No, we all know what that means. Mm. So last one, and I think this is probably the most devastating one of all, uh, slow traditional culture for relationships was courtship and marriage. Mm. People used to spend yes. time, get to know somebody. I missed that. A lady would drop her handkerchief on the floor, yeah. which meant it was go time. And there would be a long gap between when you would see each other again because you couldn't just take each other's numbers and start texting that night. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, the heart you know? was allowed to grow fond. Yes. There was work that went into this and longing. Oh, yeah. Longing, no immediate gratification. Oh, yes. So yesterday, Khumulimu's parents were here. Yes. And he shared a story which was very similar to Khumulimu's. His dad? Yeah, his dad. Um, sorry. Khumulimu uh, shared how he went to Cape Town on a bus. Mm, I remember that. Remember those days. That and then thing. his dad's like, oh, no, he actually got that from me because then he was still dating his wife. And the first time he went to visit her, he didn't have a car. So he went, uh, I think, to the Eastern Cape via taxi. Uh-huh. That's a long trek. Yo, and then the taxi broke down and they had to push it for like seven See, hours. Now that is working. So for that is like, I was like, what? I, re- I remember my, my dad's told me this story various times. And, you know, when he met my mom, there was gaps. She lived here. He lived here. She was working there. Mm-hmm. He Just so he could see her for a summer holidays, he got a job at the hotel where she was as like a night porter slash kind of handyman person. So he could see her. But that was the extent, right? He wasn't just sitting on the couch texting her, like, oh, what you have to. He no, physically no. went and drove all the He got a job at a different place for a certain time period so that he knew he could see her two, three hours a day. Nah, it's kind of romantic, but could also be if you're a creep. Hard work. <laughs> hard work. No, it's hard. It's hard work. No one does this anymore. Then, of course, fast modern culture is sexual freedom. <laughs> and then dopamine culture is this uh, swiping on an app which we've spoken about a million times. And how many unhappy people do you know who are trying to swipe their way to happiness? So you know, all this going to happen. All this whole dopamine thing is like, you'll hear this term a lot nowadays, the gamification. Mm-hmm. Like gamification is great for certain aspects, right? Mm-hmm. Like learning is kind of cool because people don't want to learn. So how do you gamify this experience and you learn? But people have gamified life. The entire chart there is all just gamification. It's like, how do we get the... It's like competitive almost. The swiping on the app thing. It's like, well, I saw a hundred people today. But it doesn't mean anything. You've got no connection with any one of them. Yeah, it's like scoring points in a video game. It's and, a tick and, box gamification. And nobody, nobody else cares. I mean, like unless you're actually playing the game and you're playing against other people because you don't have enough going on in your real life. And I don't mean any disrespect to gamers. It's absolutely fine if you're a gamer. But nobody else cares about your score. Mm. No one no one cares that you uh, killed all the demons in Diablo. You're just creating demons in the real world if you choose to actually be there. What an excellent metaphor, Ben. So yeah, I'm afraid dopamine culture is just what we live in. And yeah. that's why it's so difficult for people to delay gratification. It is. It's so difficult for people to say no to things that look really appetizing and exciting and interesting and everything's flashy and it's designed to just work on that reptile brain of ours. Yeah. Get us hooked on something and then that's all we want. And the dopamine reward system just gets back to a, a mm. law of diminishing returns. Exactly. And that makes because, you ultimately dull. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is very depressing to think about. And that it actually is a reason depression is manifest in society is because the reward center is being stimulated so much that ultimately you get hooked on a certain level of dopamine and to get it anywhere above that. Yeah impossible so life just feels boring for you Mm -hmm. and then you get bored and you get into a depression before you know it you're an unhappy person with very little going on all because this stuff's happening to you and you might not even be aware of it this is i mean that graph is scary it's really scary it's happening everywhere just said I wanted another cool thing about my weekend last weekend is that i I wasn't on my phone much Mm because i didn't get an international sim so mm-hmm. I would have Wi-Fi at a certain part of because even our rooms were away from Wi-Fi. Mm. 
And I was on my phone so much less. It was so great. It was so great. Yeah, we talk about this often on the show, but I was away uh, last weekend and had the same thing. There was absolutely no signal for two and a half days. So good. My phone was a camera. That was what it was useful for, mm. but I could not go on anything. There was nothing else I could do, and I, I wasn't missing it. It's amazing. You, you know, they always say you don't know what you got till it's gone, mm-hmm. but you also don't know how great life is until things like that are gone. Yes. Anyway, that's enough for philosophy for the morning. So, so-called dopamine culture, according to Huge Reaction, sounds more like efficiency to me. Don't waste time writing Dear John letters or other nonsense. We have things to do or um, amateur golf tournaments to play. All right. Well, yes, Ben has that. Um, but that's also because I think he does pay attention to the, the Yeah, but the again, it's, I mean, it's... In inverted commas, the long game. <laughs> it's, it's a fair point. But, you know, what do we sacrifice for efficiency in life mm-hmm. nowadays? Look at food, for example. Fast food's efficient, right? Yeah. But it also makes you a dopey fat mess. Yeah, so. that's true. But it also creates entitlement. Like before with the love letters, you'd have to... Three weeks, three months before someone replied. I sent Gareth a WhatsApp message today. I'm expecting him to reply within five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're upset if it's blue ticked. Oh, you know? You know, and then you forget that people have lives, people are up to their own things, and then you're just like so upset that, oh, Gareth didn't return my text. And, and I, he posted something on Instagram because that's what they also do. They look at your Instagram status and they're like, he posted five minutes ago. So he was on his phone, but he hasn't replied to my text. And then I think it's this whole rabbit hole just, of like negativity going. And, and for mental health, that's got to be the worst oh, possible combination. So I don't know anything about this and I'm only sort of starting to get my head around it now. But this idea of, of being ghosted and, and blue tick and all of that stuff because I've never really paid attention. I just assume if someone isn't replying, they're busy. Which is how you should approach life. But it's stupid me because actually no. they might really fucking hate me. But that's also, that's also <laughs> fine. I, I've Maybe I've got a very thick skin around this because of my age. Sure. But at yeah. the same time, like I used to get upset when something didn't work out in my outcome. Now yeah. it's like, I'm going to do my life. Whatever sticks to it, sticks to it. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone... Two weeks ago, someone canceled a, a meeting, literally on the time of the meeting. Like, oh, something's oh, come up. So rude. Which, but I, oh. I, I couldn't care. I, there was not an ounce of care. I was like, cool, all the best. And if the person was to reschedule that meeting, great, I'm in. But otherwise, I'm already over it. I uh, have set up a meeting with Ben, and uh, the best first appointment I could get with Ben is on the 12th of uh, March. Sure. We have to have a lunch. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. You're a better human than I am when it comes to those things. But I can it's tell you the yes, issue with the ghosting culture, right? And oh. It's that people don't want to confront people to mm. say, if you and I are like like talking and we're getting to know each other, and one day you wake up and you're like, some peer is not for me. Instead of you telling me that, you kind of just stop talking to me and you go MIA. And what, like, it what, is such weakness. Yes. It is such pathetic. Pathetic weakness. And the worst thing about ghosting is that people don't immediately think you're ghosting them. So I'll send you a text and then be like, oh, maybe he's busy. And then try to call you later. Oh, no, maybe he's busy. And then you realize it's been a couple of days or weeks and you see them kind of going about their life. And you're like, oh, shucks, this person has stopped talking to me and I don't know why. So that's the issue with the ghosting culture. Like I'm, I'm awful. If you don't like me, tell me. Mm-hmm. If you're over this, tell me. Mm-hmm. But this thing of just like kind of leaving someone, just like, oh, I woke up today and I don't want to talk to you, and you stop talking to them. But now, okay, hang a second. You say that, 
if you don't want to talk to me, then tell me that. But like, do you actually want to hear that? Or do you just want to process the fact that they go? Because ghosting confirms the kind of person they are. And it confirms that they're not important to you, which in itself sends a message, really. But then can maybe, I tell you? So you're saying they may be doing you a favor? No, it's not. So, I, I can tell you now. I'd rather hear you say you don't like me. It stings. It's not nice to hear that you're getting rejected. I'm with you. It's really I'm not with, nice. I'm, I'm with you. But I promise you, I can take that. And in a day, I'm calling my friends. Oh, gosh, Ben doesn't want to be with me. But I move on. That that constant, I don't know what I did, what happened. We were having such a great time. We were talking. You always live in this, what happened? And so the Lack next of closure, guy, yeah. yes, the next mm. guy you meet, you just kind of also mm. like, I don't know, like if he didn't respond, because then it creates that pattern of if he hasn't responded in like five hours, has he ghosted me? Has he not? It no. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Just tell people. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I I totally get that. And my default setting would maybe be more aligned with yours. But people don't like to be hurt and they don't like to hurt people. But so, you're not money. Not everybody's going to like you. Well, so Well, I mean, it could it could be worse. You, you your your husband could kill you in a retirement village. I mean, this is what Ben was talking to Dory about yesterday at the Brian. Sure. I, I read the story last night. So this this eighty year old man is going to go to jail for doing a mercy kill of his wife with Alzheimer's. He reckons they had a suicide pact, but the court said, no, you killed her anyway. You're going to jail at 80 years old. But if see, he didn't, he didn't hold up to the the agreement. If it was a suicide pact, why is he still alive? Okay. So just just like a little backtrack here. Okay. So this guy is 80. I think his wife was 78. Yeah. I don't have the story with me now. But she was getting some like dementia. Like she was walking around, yeah. not knowing where she was. And then someone said, You need to go into a full time care home. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, Not a fuck. That's like the end of the road. I don't want to do that. And he, you know, when you get old, you can become quite panicky. You know, mm-hmm. when you're young and confident, life's easy because you mm. always feel you've got a solution. But when you're much, much older or you frail or you lack abilities, you become very like scared about stuff. Okay. Yes. I totally get that. So he was thinking, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, it's like, we might as well just check out because I can't live without you and you're struggling to live right now. And okay. this old Doris is like going about her day. She, she, she doesn't know if she's coming or going. So he strangles her because that was the suicide pact, okay? Strangulation. He, Why well, didn't he give her some sleeping pills? Yeah. Ah, this is no. I mean, he, he physically murdered her, okay? He physically murdered her. And then strong eighty-year-old, and then Ooh, strong eighty-year-old hands. There's no mercy in this kill. No, no. They then, say that one of the ways you can tell someone's getting old, their grip diminishes. Absolutely, yeah. this guy had good grip for eighty. But now, so you ask the question, why didn't he kill himself? I reckon he was just so fucking tired after that. <laughs> he just wrung this woman's neck, okay, and killed her. <laughs> Big turkey. He neck. then went into the bathroom to try hang himself or something. He was trying to do it, and he he must have been naked. He was like, "Fuck, I can't do this." And I should have thought this through. But if they both went for like. So anyway, what it comes back to is that he then calls the cops and whatever, whatever. It's like he turned himself in, basically. Okay. So he didn't just murder her and then sort of leave her there like like leftover plates. It would have taken him a long time to get out in the Zimmer frame. He would have made it two houses away. But now this dude, he he's in a bit of a spot of bother because now they've given Mm -hmm. him a four-year jail sentence and the judges already told him to start considering his future. He's He's about to go to prison again. His future. And what always happens is Generally, and I've, from my research, is that when an elderly couple like that, when the woman dies, the guy has zero interest to live, zero yes, purpose, correct, whatever, and he'll correct. die shortly after. Yeah. 
and vice versa. Um, but now he's going to go to jail. Not necessarily vice versa, I'd say, because women are different. To me. If the woman dies first, the man will want to die. Yeah. If they've been together their whole life. I mean, this happened to my great-grandparents. Yeah, it's a lot more prevalent. Uh, you know, they, they died within a week of each other because the one couldn't live without the other. But, but if the man dies first, I think, a lot of older women are more than capable. I think it might be an evolutionary thing because women have always lived longer than men. Mm -hmm. It might also be because women develop new networks of support and meaningful connection. Mm -hmm. Or it's because they killed them. <clears throat> or that because they killed them. But also because women, old women are more self-reliant than old men. Yeah, Old men become very reliant on the people around them. And they, they get stuck in their ways, so to speak. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And there's something about an old man like he he either has to get remarried straight away or soon after or he just deteriorates very fast. Yeah. Old women stay in the game a lot longer. I think it's like a identity thing with men. It's like you get so caught up in what you think is your identity. And mm. for old men, having a wife is yeah. one of the things. Like people say, you don't want to grow old, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's always a thing. Yeah. Gareth, you must get it all the time. <laughs> yes, thanks, Ben. Yeah, thanks. But now, interesting, another part of the story is that these two were like high school sweethearts, right? Yeah. And they, they immigrated to Australia and they... Well, immigrated to Australia is half their problem right there. But that they, at 16, 17, they got married when it was, it was absolutely legally possible. That day they got married hmm. and they've been together ever since. I've yeah, had long innings. He didn't want to live without her. Yeah. He's probably just tired. And now he's going to go to jail. Now, this so is, is the this thing. a crime or the absolute story of like romance? I think that the judge in this case has to really think very hard about what they're going to do. You can't send an 80-year-old man who is killed for a, a crime of true love by the looks of things. There was a, even if, let's say he's making it up. Mm -hmm. The woman was going demented anyway. He was trying out of kindness and love to put her out of her misery. It's just the way, he, it's just the way he chose to do it, though. This is the yeah. thing. Like, he really, he like, really I, rolled I, his I was with you until we found out right. what... Good. Agatha, are you ready? Oh my gosh. Agatha, are you? Oh, where are you? What's happening? Uh, it must have been a hell of a scene. And then he. It, yeah, it's an interesting story. It's just an interesting story hmm. because when you get that old and you know there's not much life left, it must be hard. Again, and what's even worse is if you get sent to jail at 80. I mean, what kind of way is that to end your life? Well, he's in one of those like sunny Australian places. So it's probably just a knitting school anyway. But. How depressing. How depressing. This guy's obviously going to want to, he's going to want to Hillary Clinton himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very sad story. Very but, sad. but in some ways, I mean, like you say, it could just be the true romance that everyone actually pretends. But this want. is this is often what love and romance lead people to, right? Yes. Strange, irrational behavior. Yes, correct. I, I don't know what to make of it. It just, it kind of makes me a little sad and then a little bit. Well, I'll tell you this. Impressed. He's going to battle to find a, a date after this. Oh, but a bad rep around the retirement homes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Well, someone says 80-year-old ass isn't worth anything in prison. That's Vyasin. Nice. Go straight to that, hey, Vyasin. That's all you're thinking about this morning. Sure. Uh, Matthew says, dude deserves jail. Hmm. I'm not so sure, hey. I, I got to say, like, give the oak a chance. He's 80 years old. Yeah. Let him stay at home. He's probably probably wants to go anyway. All right. Uh, there's a new Bible translation called Gen Z, and it's interesting. Is it? I don't know. So I know both of you guys are not Christian. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm going to read um, just a short verse from this new Gen Z. It's okay. Ben won't turn into uh, fire. Bible translation. And I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Okay. On. So this is this is in Luke 1 for those who do read the Bible. Uh, I'll she just picked up her Bible. There yes, I did. Like, you know. And um, for those, this is the backstory, <laughs> or this is the, the verse where the angel comes to Mary and basically tells Mary that you shall the Annunciation. Y- yeah. You know, of 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 that you First shall... time the Bible's ever been read on my show, Ben. It's a big moment for us. Go on. Yeah. Go on, uh, Simpiwe. So this is the Gen Z version of Mary was a pick-me girl for God and was simping for him in prayer when the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, Ayo, you're a real one, and the top G is feeling you. But she thought his compliment was sus and gave him the side eye. So he said, baby girl, chill. God sent me to tell you you've passed the vibe check and Loki, he wants you to have the main character. (laughs) You name him Jesus and they will all say He's him. She said, how could this be since I promised him my body count will always be zero, respectfully. (laughs) He said, this ain't about cuffing season for the Holy Spirit will live rent-free in you (laughs) and your boy Jesus will be a divine bro. Beside, your cousin Elizabeth (laughs) is with child and she who's already older than a boomer and whose husband (laughs) is way past beekeeping age so Mary said, bet. Gabriel left her on red and let the Holy Spirit cook. Damn, that's, that's actually that's really very well written. Yeah. I mean, I Your hate thoughts? it. I hate it, but it's it's very clever. So, I mean, I, my biggest problem with religion is people who take their own interpretation of it for their own popularity slash gain. But, I mean, that's entertaining. That's funny. Hmm. And you, you reckon they've written... Like a whole Bible? Or, no, it's the whole Bible. And really? That, that must have taken years. So it's the whole Bible. And that particular scene, they have not gone, gone anything incorrect. Hmm. So like that particular translation I like is the what whole idea of, happened. Yeah, I, I mean... It's, it's just how it's related where I was like, mm, I'm not sure if we should be saying the Holy Spirit cooked. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and she was simping for God. Or, yeah, just like, mm, yeah, it sounds it's, a bit disrespectful. It's funny, but why must everything be remixed? Something as the Bible is so important. So can it not just be seen in the light that it is? I am generally inclined to disrespect of anything that people regard as a sacred cow. So I can see the value in like doing, and, and AI probably did most of this. Yeah. So you said it took a long time, but you're thinking some human being had to be created. The dopamine no. chart. Someone right. didn't write exactly. with a pen. Some AI spat this thing out and did a pretty good job of, making the Bible sound as dumb as most of the conversations that you'll find on TikTok. Yeah. Right. So, cool. It's an interesting experiment to do. It shows you that you can still communicate big spiritual ideas to dumb people. Yeah. That's what it shows. Mm. So let's take it for what it's worth. Mm. And on that note, uh, we can wish Ben luck for next week. He's on his way. Uh, have a have a good week, Ben. Go and kill it at Fan Court. Well, guys, yeah, follow me on Instagram for updates, and I will be on the show to dial in. Okay, excellent. Because I will be dialed in. Okay. Um, okay. Look, I mean, like barring an early Focus. morning tea, sh- tea time, which I highly doubt. Focus. Because I'm going to be in the last group. Because I'm going to be the, yeah, in the, top in the lead. Group. Right. Lead. So you guys going to come in last. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, come in last to the final green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, come in last score wise. All right, guys. All, All right, the best. kill it. Thank All right, you. Ben. Thank you. There we go. So, Simpiwe, we normally would speak to this gentleman on a 
Tuesday. That's right, an African analyst, but we're thrilled to have him on. specific data that you're pointing to, but I just want to address in a really sober way. Some of the JJ, you got someone else talking to us. And why in the world? I, I, what the overall? Might have the BBC talking to you, yeah. Is there I'm a sure. woman in, is there a woman in your room, JJ? I think it was George Conway for a while and then a woman, <laughs> you know. <laughs> How are I'm, you, sir? I'm an it's hour nice to earlier see you. than you. I'm an hour earlier than you here in Algiers. Uh, it's good to be here. Good to be in this place where, you know, I first visited it here in 19... 95 in the year that oh, they killed they killed 50 journalists and oh, you uh, trust you trust you to find the best holiday spots well yes i i was being driven around i had two bodyguards and the, and an, uh, a liaison man and the liaison man couldn't have liaised his way out of a wet paper bag and eventually <laughs> i got so frustrated i told him you know essentially they would say <laughs> Take this guy to the Ministry of Information. They'd be talking among themselves. And no. I'd say, I don't want to go to the Ministry of Information. I want to go to Defence. Then they look at me and say, hang on. You said you couldn't speak Arabic. I said, yeah, I can't speak Arabic, but you two are speaking French. <laughs> you know, they would speak French to one another and say words like, you know, gif, gif, voila, you know, and, and use sort of a few slang words. Things, and that made them speaking Arabic. But anyway, well, when finally I, I, know bearded, you, I bearded you the... Say, you, know, you say you're in Algiers, but actually it looks like the same background when we talk to you at your house some mornings. So, I mean, I can't really tell. It's dark there. We can't really see anything. Uh, you say you're earlier than us. So, in other words... One uh, hour you're, earlier. Okay. So, you're at, you're at 6.41 this morning. So, thanks for waking up so yeah. early. First well, of all, I, I have never been to Algiers. So 1995 was the last time you were there. They were killing journalists. No, but what I've is been Algiers? there several times since. Several oh, okay. Times since. Right. That was the well, first let, time. Let, let me just finish my punchline. When I said to the guy, uh, you, you know, you couldn't, you, you're a very poor liaison man. He said, look, I admit I'm actually your third bodyguard. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But what, what is, uh, what is Algiers like? I mean, what kind of a place is this? You know, when you come here, you realize why the French would have given up everything else they had in Africa if they could have kept Algeria. And they fought this very, very bitter uh, civil war. And there, there's a huge monument here which says that uh, not a single Algerian family was untouched by uh, their liberation war. And terrible things were done on both sides. But it's, it's amazing. I mean, you know, it, it certainly has come up enormously in, the, in this time. Uh, and uh, they, they really know how to push the boat out. Last night I was busy having to write stuff. And so I, I missed the opera that they put on for the uh, summit attendees. They have a, they have a, um, a remarkable uh, conference, international conference center, uh, which is, you know, I mean, it's kilometers long. And uh, they just sure. before, just before, in fact, at the last weekend, they inaugurated the largest mosque in Africa. It has a minaret which is uh, uh, 280 meters high, and uh, you know, sure. and it can accommodate 120,000 people. So they're sort of playing to get uh, to be the sort of religious leaders uh, in the Maghreb. You know, the Maghreb being the the Arab countries where the sun sets, the opposite of Mpumalanga, 
the Mpumalanga is Mashrek, in, and that's sort of the, the Gulf uh, countries. And this is mm -hmm. uh, the Maghreb. And uh, the Maghreb doesn't work because Algeria and Morocco are at daggers drawn over the Western Sahara. And uh, right. Algeria supports the Western Sahara assiduously. But, uh, and, and they are, because of the very bitter civil war that they fought, they didn't like to call it a civil war, uh, they are the sort of African leaders in terms of security. And the many, many countries around the world bow to uh, their, their knowledge on this. And I've attended security conferences. But the last time I was here, about three, four years back, was to receive an award from the president. So uh, huh. and, and, uh, it was a thing for, for, for stuff I'd done about Western Sahara. But I've been here, I think this is my seventh visit. And uh, every wow. time I come, every time I come, it's, it's easier. The first time, they used to drive me up to this hotel, a very historic hotel called the Saint-Georges, and, uh, and say, that's it. Lock the, <laughs> literally lock the gates. You don't go anywhere tonight. And of course, one <laughs> didn't. I, I complained and said, you've invited me as a journalist. Why can't I just go and speak to people? And this woman said, hmm, well, a young man from Le Monde <laughs> asked that same question a week ago and went walking in the market and he had his throat cut. Jesus. So, so wow. I stayed out. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. So, so JJ, first of all, uh, you just be careful. Now, what are you doing there this time? Are you visiting friends? Are you catching up with your old bodyguard? I mean, what's going on here? Well, well, I I'd love to regale you with tales of Algeria, but this is the summit of the Gas Exporting Countries Forum. And there huh. are nine, 19 members of that forum. And these are the this is the sort of OPEC of gas. Now, the, the thing oh. about it is that, uh, and it's a, a very, very important summit because many countries in the world are looking to buy gas, including South Africa. To fill sure. gaps in our in our energy crisis, uh, eight of the uh, nineteen members are African, and our neighbouring Mozambique is one of those. And I'm trying desperately to get to see uh, the Mozambique energy minister to know because their their uh, gas exploitation in Cabo Delgado, which as you know is having some trouble, mm. it was having some trouble. Uh, things have lightened up, and uh, Total Energy, the uh, French company. Uh, is the country you, that, that is exploiting that gas, uh, when yes. it starts doing that, are they going to be able to sell gas to us? Will they be willing to do so? And of course, yeah. uh, will uh, and also I'm trying to get the Algerian minister for the same thing, because I've sort of had hints that there are talks. You know, Algeria, South Africa have very, very close ties, going back to the apartheid era, very close fraternal mm. ties. And so if they could sell gas to us, that would be fantastic. But uh, the important thing about the uh, forum is that it does not like OPEC. You know, they, it's referred to somewhat uh, disrespectfully as the cartel light. It's not like oh. OPEC. It doesn't uh, try to regulate prices. But it doesn't do that, I think, out of sort of uh, being, being gentle. It simply mm -hmm. is that the way that gas is exploited around the world there's so many places and the way that it is moved it's not uniform uh in, in algeria for example has pipelines going straight from here uh through tunisia into uh italy and through uh, morocco 
Uh, I was going to ask you, so, so who buys most of this gas? Who, who are the big importers of gas in the world? Europe. And the reason why this is important is that gas was obviously uh, sanctions hit in, in Russia. Russia yeah. was selling uh, huge amounts of it, uh, uh, and, and, and not even a, a sort of quarter of it is now being sold. And uh, those sanctions, which now are compounded by the, with the death of Navalny, uh, mm. have, have stopped Russia selling. And Russia then made sort of strange deals. For example, I'm speaking to Bulgarian. In fact, I was on a television show with the Bulgarian last night. Uh, Russia decided, okay, uh, you, you're not friendly enough towards us. You're going to have to pay for your gas in rubles. And uh, sure. the Bulgarian said, no, 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 that's just not how it works. We pay all our debts. Sure, we pay you to the cent, but we pay you according to the uh, um, contract we made, and we keep paying you in dollars, and the Russians just cut their gas off. So basically what we're trying to work here is uh, gas at a sustainable level, which, mm -hmm. which we have, but at a fair price or affordable price. And that is yeah. what they're selling it. It's a, it's, it's a transitional uh, energy source. It's not entirely clean. It certainly is cleaner than oil and cleaner than coal, but it's not sure. a green, uh, totally green thing. So for a period of time, and because, you know, to, to go green, we know, I mean, you and I both absolute greenies. Uh, no, sure, 100%. It, it's going to take decades before we get completely clean. And we're going to need alternatives, cleaner, cleaner alternative yes. sources. And, and that's what gas is hopefully going to be. So uh, they, they're going to try and get more, will work together. They meet, the, this organization has existed for 14 years. Its headquarters are in uh, Qatar. And, and JJ, and, yes. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, is there anything in South Africa, in, in this for South Africa? I mean, uh, you're obviously being invited from South Africa, but that's because they know that you're a journalist and you will spread uh, some of the word here about what's, what's hopefully going to be achieved. But what is South Africa going to do? Are we even represented there? No, we don't have oh. representatives here. And the point is, you know, Gareth, when, when they told me about this, when they invited me, I said, oh, yeah. gosh, this sounds really, the OPEC of gas sounds terribly interesting. But have you yeah. read one word about this forum? And You're and the first person I've spoken to about it. Well, there you go. And yesterday, again, I was on a show with a with a, an Algerian journalist based in France, and he said, you know, and I mentioned that, he said, me too, here in France, I haven't heard a thing about it. In yeah. the Britain, watching the British media, not a bit. The thing is, the gas exports, you see, basically, they, they, they go by pipeline. The, the, mm -hmm. the cheapest way is by pipeline. But most of them are exported as liquid natural gas, LNG, and that is mm -hmm. exported by ship and in containers. And that is... Uh, it's more expensive to make it into liquid or to turn it into liquid, and it's more expensive to transport it that way. And right. so, you, you know, they've got to find ways of making this affordable. So sustainable, uh, if environmentally friendly, and affordable, that's what they work on. But in answer to your question, yes, uh, in his uh, budget last week, President Cyril Ramaphosa, I know you might have nodded off during that at some point. I didn't. Stage, I'm but, sorry I did, yeah. But he did mention alternative sources of energy. And, uh, uh, you know, for those of you who have your lights turned out for eight days, uh, eight hours a day, you would know yeah. that that is exactly what we need, alternative sources of energy. And uh, hopefully 
that is going to start, uh, we, we're going to start being able to buy that from probably from our neighbor in Mozambique and, and hopefully from, from others, Algeria being one of them. They've made up, you know, the largest exporter of liquid national gas is now the United States. In 2016, right. they supported, they supplied 1% internationally. By last year, they became the largest, supplying about a quarter of the gas around the world. But now Joe Biden hmm. is saying, well, we're not sure about how environmentally friendly it is. Yes, we'll keep selling this to our closest friends, but maybe we're yeah. not going to be the biggest exporter anymore. So, uh, you know, there's those sort of things. Of course, the United States is not a member of this forum, neither is Australia. And uh, many people would then dismiss it as that. But then, Gareth, the truth is, United States is not a member of OPEC either. So this no. west-north-south uh, divide comes into play very, very heavily here. And uh, uh, JJ, uh, somebody in the comments wants to know, MM says, are there direct flights to Algeria? How do you even get there from South Africa? I was on a direct flight. Uh, oh, it okay. takes nine hours. Uh, and uh, uh, many of my fellow Africans and staying at the Hyatt, uh, at the Marriott with me here, are uh, are also we're also on direct flights, and they, that's in the last couple of months. Not many people are doing that. I've been uh, on a direct flight before; it was a private company, and that didn't last. But Air Algerie uh, has now got these direct flights. Um, to to just an interesting point when I mentioned the United States. I think they're pretty glad that they're not here at this meeting because one of the uh, members and the president of uh, Iran is going to be speaking at the summit tomorrow. Mm. So, so you mm. know, and and the the Russians are here too. I don't think uh, Putin is going to make it uh, because I, I I think he's isn't he going to Navalny's funeral? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> maybe not. But anyway, uh, you know, it's. So there's there's quite a, a plethora of people here, and as I say, the the uh, you know, it's, but it's international conferences which uh, uh, well I, I find we really heard, frustrating. We heard you were in an interesting place and you were doing cool things, and uh, you've now educated us on gas, which I honestly did not know anything about. I didn't know about the summit either. So I'm very pleased we got to speak to you today. Thank you, JJ. Nice well, to my have great you on. Pleasure. And I look forward to speaking to you and telling I, you about things wider African next time. Well, yeah, please don't uh, get uh, into trouble with the authorities there and ask to go to the Department of Defense or any of that nonsense while you're there, all right? Please look after <laughs> yourself. Thank I you, JJ. Shall. All the best. Nice to see you. There's JJ Cornish. He's in Algiers. He's talking about gas this morning. <laughs> We've been gassing it up all morning, too. Yes, we have. So we've had an excellent time and thank you for being a part of that. I just want to finish off with this one quick story, which I think you might find entertaining. I'll show you a video of, of what happened to people. Have you ever, like Lebang often had, you pay for something, but you don't get what you wanted? Yes. All right. So this is a true story. This happened mm -hmm. to people in Glasgow and Scotland. Families mm -hmm. looking forward to an immersive, immersive event called Willie. Willie's Chocolate Experience. Oh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, but it sounds dodgy if it's Willie's Chocolate Experience. Anyway, we're met with what they described as an empty warehouse filled with lackluster decorations and few, if any, of the promised treats. Instead, the parents and kids were given half a cup of lemonade, half a cup of lemonade, and two jelly beans each. Hardly the world of pure imagination that they signed up for. There were 20 chairs. Only. A couple of tables and a half-inflated bouncy castle.
Stuart Sinclair, a father of three, brought his kids to the event, told the New York Times it was very disappointing. Photos of the gathering, which had featured sparse decor, frightening new characters, and a disheartened-looking Oompa Loompa have captivated people on social media. So if you didn't see any of this, just have a look at this quickly and tell me if you'd be thrilled at the Willy Wonka experience. Imagine being advertised this, paying $40 for entry, and then seeing this. That's what happened in Willy's Chocolate Experience immersive event in Glasgow, Scotland, inspired by, but not affiliated with, the Wonka franchise. The event organizers apparently used artificial intelligence to generate promotional images that suggested a very high quality attraction. However, parents were horrified when they showed up to this, a mostly empty warehouse with scattered tapestries and decorations. The best way to describe this is something that you would see at a birthday party, rather than a big extravaganza, one participant noted. It's being called the Firefest of immersive events. Police were even called to the scene, and parents said that their children were in tears. We were told to hand a couple of kids jelly beans and a quarter cup of lemonade at the end, one employee said. After an immediate and angry response from early arrivals who demanded their money back, the event was shut down midday. However, the organizers failed to inform later attendees, some of who had traveled long distances and are now demanding their train costs be refunded too. Organizers House of Illuminati apologized for the, quote, stressful and frustrating day and confirmed that full refunds would be given to customers, which could take up to 10 days. How would you feel if you paid $40 for this event? Jesus, $40. Okay, so... First of all, the House of Illuminati who put this together. I... That just sounds like some bullshit right there. Uh, $40 is 800 rent a ticket. For uh, that? For that shit that you just saw. For the, that? They, they're right. It is the finest of immersive events. Like, it is mm. absolutely a ripoff. Like, wait, what? And they thought they'll get away with this? Mm-hmm. Like, the... Mm-hmm. The pictures are so gorgeous. I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, yeah. I'd even want to see this. I'd want to be part of this. And then just, wah, wah, wah. So do not fall for any of that rubbish this weekend, all right? Make sure that whatever you're going to and you've paid a ticket price for, you get what you pay for. That is horrific. And just a, a nice little warning ahead of uh, people trying to fleece you of your money Yo. this weekend. Fire fest of immersive, immersive events. I love it. All right, Simpiwe, that's it from us. We will see you on Monday, everybody. Have an awesome weekend. Cheers. Cliffcentral.com.